0: DJ Leroy
1: Night Watchman how you doing buddy
0: I'm well how are you
1: good good so you know Night Watchman I actually celebrated a birthday
0: another turn around the sun
1: that's right I got all the things man and my sons and my wife they actually had a beautiful spread for me man
0: Mm-hmm. that's great that's great
1: but you do know though uh, you should only do one of their Manhattans, okay? Just so you should know. Okay. <laughs> okay. But, but but having said that, everything is fine. I'm here. Mm-hmm. I'm raring to go. What do you think?
0: Let's do it. Let's do it.
1: Well, you know what? Let's get this pop. Let's talk about a, uh, Afro-Latina. What, what, what do you think about that, man?
0: Um, That's a broad-ranging topic. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, well, hopefully the guests that we've assembled can help us navigate it. Mm-hmm. What about that? Okay, so one of them is, you know, uh, what is a veteran of Soul Lounge Primetime?
2: Okay, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: that is n- none other than Mr. Pedro Hernandez. Bring him up here, all right. All right, Pedro, good evening, brother.
3: Good evening, Curtis. Uh, Ponce, how are you doing, Night Watchman? good, uh, good. Happy well, birthday, <laughs> happy birthday.
1: <laughs> Thank you, my brother. So, see see, you know what? Some have actually known and, and get the memo, so they understand this stuff. You know <laughs> yeah. good,
0: Come good, good, bearing good. gifts, fruit, and tokens to the king.
1: <laughs> wow. Well, you did go there. You did I did, did. absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, 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 well, well you know what? Uh ne- next next guest's gonna bring up this uh definitely new to uh Soulan's Pine Time, but you know what? not new to, let's say, the political sphere, the influencer sphere of New York City and New York City politics. Uh, this is someone who actually ran for mayor of New York, and that can only be Miss Diane Morales. Spring up here, yes. Diane! Good
4: evening, gentlemen. <laughs> All right.
1: <laughs> yes, yes, indeed, yes, indeed. Um, um, anyway, Night Watchman. I, I should let you do the next one, but you know what? I'm not. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to bring her up myself. Okay, so <laughs> okay. there. That's right. Can only be so, someone who I also consider uh, a, a mentor to me, and that could only be Miss Melody Capote. Yes. Felicidad Melody Capote. Yes.
5: Yeah. <laughs> <de nati. Happy laughs>
1: thank you. Thank,
5: thank you. Nice to see you. Beautiful, happy birthday beautiful.
2: Curtis, our DJ Leroy. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> but uh last but not least is a brother who literally I got I got to credit him with even opening my eyes and uh putting in the word for me for at Harlem Community Development Corporation. That could only be the one the only Julio Peterson. Bring him up here.
6: Yes, everybody. Thank you, thank you. I'm, thank you for uh, including me with this very prestigious crowd, DJ Leroy Nightwatcher. <laughs> guys. Well,
1: well, well, Julia, Julio, understand that you're, you're. Uh, I think you are preceded because everyone knows you. You know this already. Right, <laughs> and, and, and Diane told me what to expect. So, so having said that, uh, <laughs> let, let, let's let's start this bad boy off popping and whatnot. Um, so, Pedro, Pedro you, are to, you are a veteran here to Soul last Primetime, but yeah. but one who also I know uh, and identified early on that you embraced uh, the African part, part of your heritage here and. Had you always been that way? Had, the, had your parents uh, r- raised you that way?
3: Wh- what actually I'm
1: speaks to-, to you? Go ahead.
3: So, um, innately, culturally, um, I'm going to say yes, because
7: mm-hmm.
3: as as you know, Diane's uh, writing works of art, or literature uh, present. Uh, we have a lot of folklore uh, crossovers, right? Being Afro Latino, um, our roots are embedded in in. Africanism or African centrism uh, from the drums in our music to our food. I mean, plantains came from uh, Africa. So I'll just say like that. However, um, you know, it's something that over time is also learned because there's a lot that you have to unlearn due mm. to the indoctrination from uh, previous leadership in the Dominican Republic um, mm. with their teams of things like ethnic cleansing and wanting to separate themselves from our Haitian brothers across the border. So it's both innate and then it's something that was learned.
1: Wow. Thank you for that. Uh, Diane, same question to you in terms of the identity, in terms of your African part.
4: Yeah. um, So, you know, it, it wasn't. Growing up, um, I was, I was Boricua. Um, <laughs> I, it wasn't, you know, the internalized racism, um, both on the island and across the diaspora is a very real thing. And, you, you know, we, mm-hmm. we are a colonized country. We have, you know, centuries of colonization by external white countries, right? So mm-hmm. uh, that was definitely not something that I would, that was ingrained in me. Although as Pedro mentioned, you know, there it's everywhere. Right in mm. in our culture, um, in our in our music, in our food, in our art. Um, so it, it's somewhat undeniable. The other thing I'll say, though, is that when I was younger, you know, elementary school, middle school, high school, I didn't feel, quite frankly, like I had the right to claim blackness or the, or the my African ancestry because at that point. Um, I think that the, I equated that with being able to trace my history back to slavery or, or mm. Africa. And, and you know, yeah. we don't you know, my family is such that we don't have much of a family tree beyond sort of my great grandfather. Right. So um, well, I, I think it was out of out of almost deference and respect to, you know, the, the known story of, you know, African-Americans, particularly that mm-hmm. I didn't feel like I had the right to claim it. So I had to grow into that um, and, you know, fight all sorts of battles within my family and within, within sort of the, the broader kind of culture to, to get to a place where I felt like I had the right to and, and could really claim that part of my identity.
1: Gotcha, gotcha. Um, Melody, one of the things that I re- remember from early on and first meeting you was going to the Caribbean Cultural Center and specifically seeing you uh, um, doing some of the African or Yoruba dances uh, and and just showing that particular part of our heritage and our background. And and tell me, uh, A, uh, what what I posed initially to those two previous guests, but also that part in terms of really embracing some of the, uh, uh, I I would say, the. Uh, heritage, traditions. That's where I'll go.
2: Traditions. Thank you.
5: Well, I, I want to go to Pedro's point, even about the plantain. We mm. talked about the plantain mm. being from Africa. We have what is called mangu in the Dominican Republic, mofongo in Puerto Rico, and fufu in Africa. I mean, mm. it's, it's same pot, different spoons. <laughs> and so I grew up on my paternal side. My grandfather was a black Puerto rican man wow. on the maternal side my mother's mother was a black puerto rican woman and we grew up understanding the difficulty of living in the color of our skin but nice. also looking at the beauty that nice. is the color of our skin so my family and i would say that's probably true of all of us on this screen is a spectrum. We go from dark mm. light, and I'm probably the lightest of my <laughs> to being very, very dark. Nice. And mm. so, what, what the work of the center, the Caribbean Cultural Center, mm-hmm.
7: Africa
5: Institute, is about connecting us as people of African descent. Yes. Understanding that our root culture is Africa. Mm. And being able to not isolate. The African experience to one place. Mm-hmm. When we first started talking about this work, and the founder of the center, Marta Moreno Vega, is my aunt.
7: Mm-hmm. So they
5: mm-hmm. have the same lineage, right? Her, her, my paternal grandparents are her parents, right? Wow. She, she and my father were brother and sister. Um, when we first started at home talking about Blackness in, as a family, the one who really brought a lot of this to me was my mom. My mom was mm. raised in Puerto Rico. We heard the music. We learned the language. We heard, uh, uh, ate the food. And, of course, when you're younger, you want to be hip and you want to be cool, and we don't want to talk that stuff with our friends. <laughs> Unlike what, what Diane's experience was, I grew up in a very African-American or Afro-descendant community of soul music. I grew up mm. in the 70s. I was in high school with primarily African-American or Black kids, because I can't now. I can now say they weren't all African American. They were Afro-Caribbean, Jamaicans, wow. Dominicans, Haitians, but no one ever really identified as such.
7: Mm-hmm.
5: So mm-hmm. it was just you were black or you were white, and sometimes <laughs> and you were Spanish.
7: Right? So one of the yes.
5: that my mom always instilled in us was that we were not Spanish. We spoke Spanish, <laughs> right? Yes. And so through the work of the center, um, one, of the, one of the key elements was that through art, through culture, through the mm-hmm. identification of culture, through being able to identify as an African descendant, what we were doing was celebrating it through this work. So, yes, Curtis, when you came and you saw African dance classes or you yes. saw African Orisha dance classes, so we mm-hmm. were talking about our sacredness. And our spirituality, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, something that even even among us as our own people, you know, ooh, they do that voodoo stuff, right? <laughs> you no, know, yes, it's the way yes. it has been interpreted in the media and in the world, because when people don't understand something, especially when they don't understand something about us, mm-hmm. especially when we don't understand something about ourselves, because we yes. colonized and conditioned. There's all this misinformation. Again, to Pedro's point, the miseducation.
2: Yes, yes. There's a
5: lot of undoing that we have to do to inform our own people and our own communities about the richness and the of our Black culture. So that is the work of the censor. It's looking at that common thread we share as people of African descent Mm -hmm. and celebrating that and celebrating its richness. And quite honestly, looking at our culture Mm -hmm. and our history through an Afrocentric lens Yes. that Corrects all the misinformation there is about us out there.
1: Absolutely. Oh, thank you for that. And uh, and uh, Julio, when we first met, and this is going back years and years, you were this tall brother with with locks, with dreads. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and I I got I got to know. I got to know, man. How did you know become this? quote, unquote, exceptional Negro that they refer to yeah. <laughs> over all these years. But also, <laughs> like I said, and as I say, Julio, keeping it real, because you've always been one of these real brothers who will embrace both the African part, but also let them know you're a proud Dominican brother, always.
6: Absolutely. Um, thank you, guys, and everybody. I, it's It's been very very uh, interesting ride for me. I was born here in Washington Heights, my family are black Dominicans. We're what we're called co- co- um, <laughs> the ones that were brought to cut sugar cane, the big tall Negroes.
7: Yeah.
6: <laughs> um, and, uh, so they were they were brought there to cut sugar cane. And when my family really started, my mother came here in 1963. Um I was sent back to DR to live with my grandmother. A lot of parents who migrated here would send the kids to live with the grandparents so they could make money and bring the family back. So that's a pretty traditional story. So when I came back to DR for the United States at six, seven years old, I was um, I didn't speak any English, and I was in the bilingual program in my school, which was basically we had bilingual. Which was Spanish and English, and then we had black kids from Harlem, mm. and we had the white kids from the upper, Jewish kids from the Upper West Side, primarily. So we just thought ourselves as like just Spanish kids, <laughs> um, but we knew we were not like the a few Hondurans that were there. They were a little lighter, or, or what we call cibaeños the mm. Northern, the northern Dominicans in the more agricultural areas who are a little lighter. So. I didn't really start knowing about my blackness. I'm going to be really upfront here. Mm-hmm, the only mm-hmm. time I would really know about it was when my mother used to tell my sisters how bad their hair was. Oh, Lord. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, they would say, oh, um, there's the same, si tiene el pelo malo, which you have really bad hair. And oh, so I didn't wow. really understand that. Um, my <laughs> grandmother was dark as dark can be. <laughs> Food was you know um, oxtails and all that stuff that comes from the African origin or the you know the, the natives who were there and then obviously mixed with some European components. But I really started learning about my blackness I say when I went away to um, to school to boarding school mm-hmm. uh, My first day at, 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 at Exeter um some townies in New Hampshire. And <laughs> me and another buddy, get out of our town, you nigger. And I'm Ooh. like I'm like, are they talking to me? <laughs> I, 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 you know, because I grew up in the city, so <laughs> the N-word kind of in a different context. Yes. And um, and so and really reading books like Black Boy, mm. Black Max, but my uncle. Who came here in the 70s, he, he was killed in, 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 in Brooklyn.
7: Yeah.
6: Uh, he was our Afrocentric uncle. He had the big sure. Afro. Mm-hmm. He would wear um, the dashikis back <laughs> in the day. And he was kind of like the uncle that like was like stood out to me. Mm-hmm. And he lived in Brooklyn. So when I would go stay with him, I would kind of like feel the African rhythm. Uh, but I never really differentiated, I never thought of myself as like a black person.
7: You know, mm-hmm, I, like mm-hmm. I'm
6: Dominican, I eat platanos, uh, I am hip hop and sometimes that. And um, so um, that's, that's sort of my, my thing. But I, I've always known that the roots of Africa are deep in me. And I moved mm-hmm. from my rhythm and my body to, to what I like and my passion, which is to really... Make sure that the Latino community, especially Dominicans, understand that the African traditions are just purely inherent in our culture and in our spirit. No matter how much they try to, you know, straighten out their hair or lighten their skin or whatever folks want to do.
1: Yes, yes. Uh, that, that Sosa. is. Go <laughs> ahead, go ahead, uh, Pedro. Go ahead, buddy.
7: Mm-hmm. I
3: was I was just I was just shouting out Tammy Sosa for uh example of what Julio just said. <laughs> well that,
0: that brings up an interesting point, which is um colorism, which is something that is not unique to uh Afro Latinos, Latinas, Latinx, and we can unpack which which is the, the term that we use now. But but colorism exists in African-American communities and Afro-Caribbean communities um, mm-hmm. that are non-Latin and in Latin. So how do we in 2023 address colorism in our various respective uh, parts of the diaspora?
5: Well,
1: Anyone, that's, go ahead.
5: That's a very loaded question and it <laughs> still needs to be unpacked. But again, I come to the, the point of the colonized mind and Julio just used the term of bad hair we mm. all that. we right. all see that good hair yeah. bad you know good hair bad hair
7: mm-hmm.
5: large nose fine nose mm. lips thin lips being high yellow
7: mm. being yes. black
5: as a berry black as <laughs> and we we do that ourselves
7: yes mm-hmm.
5: and so it is the conditioning that you know unfortunately the influence of of colonization has done to us, and it lives in our in our DNA. It just does, and so the work has to be done. You know, starting with self education, starting with being able to truly embrace the beauty of our skin, and the beauty of our hair, and the beauty of our you know the features that we carry. I mean, now you see these women running around with Botox lips. They look, they look ridiculous, you know, <laughs> wanting to break hair or curl. Doing things we're trying to undo to ourselves,
7: uh-huh.
5: right? Yes. The skin of the skin and seeing even what that looks like. It's a very, very big market in Ghana.
2: Yes, yes.
5: It's a thing. Yes. You know? um, even the notion of, you know, marry light because the baby. Mm. Wow, yes. Conversations that we have at our dinner tables, at family gatherings, you know we can ha ha he around it, but the fact of the matter is that it it's, it's um, it has damaged us. It has hurt us, and it continues to damage and hurt us. Um, yes. I think when when we talk about when we talk about Afro Latinidad, which is I, the topic here, right?
7: Mm-hmm.
5: Um, we're not starting anything new. This yes. is at least for me and my family being, I never said Afro-Latina. I understood I was Afro-Puerto Rican or
7: afro
5: And I learned that at a very early age. So the term now even of, and the fad of being Afro-Latino, um, you know, we kind of have seen people catching up to it. And what, we're not starting anything new with these terms or with these movements. What, at least through the work that the Center does, what we're hoping for and working toward is more visibility,
7: mm-hmm.
5: more articulation as Afro descendants in the Americas, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And connection to our brothers and sisters outside of the Latino community. Yes. And we need to understand that we are a continuum, right? Mm-hmm. This is a way of being connect, connecting the past to the present and hopefully laying a groundwork for the future because we have to connect our experiences as African people.
2: Yes, you can't yes.
5: isolate this again as being an Afro Puerto Rican or an Afro Latino experience. It's, it's a global experience, mm. and it's um again not 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 uh, connected to one place or one one thing. It mm-hmm. is the connection. So as we're informing and learning and undoing and asking mm-hmm. and yes. learning so much of what we've been conditioned to understand about the color of our skin and the texture of our hair and yeah. the size of our noses and hips and our lips and so on. <laughs> um, you know, colorism is, is is one thing that until we can embrace the fact that we are proud
7: to
5: mm-hmm. be in the skin we're in, and yeah. we are even prouder that we can come in, you know, the Crayola box, right? The yeah. Box.
1: Uh, absolutely. Well, well, and, and Melody, uh, and and this also with you, uh, Diane. Let's say if I'm looking at, let's say, television coming out from uh, South America or wherever, do black people exist? I I, I don't see them. <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, tell, no, tell me. no, I, no. Oh,
4: okay. <laughs> I mean, to to Melody's point, right? This is a global thing. It's not it's it's not specific or germane to. The Afro-Boricua experience, right? This is a—it's a global thing. The, pap- the brown paper bag yeah. test is is uh, you know known wow. across ethnicities. Um, you know, it's embraced. It, it you know those those standards are embraced in in the media by the media, right? So when you see yes. those novelas coming from South America, right, the mm-hmm. the protagonists are you know light skinned. Mm. Good hair um, and and you know <laughs> the dark people are the house servants Yes. right so yes. you know I, I, the, you know th- mm-hmm. to, to connect this to your earlier question about how we start to engage it, with this I mean I think it starts at home right mm-hmm. I you mm-hmm. know, when I started to embrace my blackness when I started to feel like I could claim that um, mm-hmm. it started at home with conversations with my family and challenging my family because you know we are a spectrum even even in my siblings there's three of us and we mm-hmm. are the spectrum like i have an older sister who could pass right wow, and so wow. she tried mm-hmm. to pass for a long, long time
7: right <laughs> um,
4: and then there was me right and when i stopped straightening my hair and and mm-hmm. you know went natural and when i started talking about being black it was a very uncomfortable conversation at the dinner table. Yes. Like my father, who is the darkest of us,
7: um, would kind of mm. like
4: <laughs> chuckle uncomfortably. They could say this is a dude who walked a fro for decades. Wow. Right? Um, wow. And whose you know, and whose nose is bigger than mine, right? Like I was the big nose, I was the big nose, bad hair <laughs> you know, a, a pers- child of the family. Um, mm-hmm. But when I started to embrace that and, and really, mm-hmm. you know, step into that, I started challenging it everywhere, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. now within my family, um, there is an acceptance of that. I'm not suggesting that they claim it for themselves, mm-hmm. but they, mm-hmm. they there's a, a, a change in terms of how they respond to it and their level of acceptance of that and their level of understanding of you know, the diaspora and the colors of the diaspora, which are in mm-hmm. fact, you know, the entire spectrum, right? We come yes. in all hues and, you know, all textures and all, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that is part of our beauty, I think. Yes. Um, and, yes. and so, you know, these conversations, this re education, right? Um, mm-hmm. Because that's what we're talking about. We're talking about undoing centuries of ingrained. Mm-hmm. You know, internalized colorism, racism, yes. you know, and so it it it's not you know, how much time do you have to have this conversation <laughs> right like it's, Mm-hmm. It's, it is something that is gonna take us a really long time to undo. Um, and I think it's important that we have a both and sort of approach in terms of having those conversations at the dinner table and mm-hmm. these larger scale efforts to educate our communities about, about about not just who we are and what we look like, but the strength and the power that comes in that and what that means in terms of our heritage and our legacy and our culture.
1: Wow, beautiful, beautiful. Uh, uh, Julio, when uh, you first started to lock your hair, you heard what Diane said. What, did you get face any blowback from your family uh, and who was it you, your mother or grandmother do tell
6: <laughs> <laughs> So I, I was going to sc- abroad to school in, in, in Italy and I I was reading a lot of books. I was at Cornell I' African I was present African people's Revolutionary. Party, um, the third world student programming. Like I, we bought Tito Puente. The first concert that I did at Cornell was T- Saul and Peppa mm-hmm. opening up for Tito Puente. Oh my god! Wow! <laughs> I wanted to have a Black Latino concert. You know. Yes. So, yes. so it was. It was amazing. But when I went to, away to school, um, I started. I had started locking my hair, and I was gone for like nine months. And when I came back, my grandmother got blessed day, She was dark. She was an African woman, but she you? You never tell her she's black. No. Uh, no.
7: <laughs> um, yeah.
6: So I get back from school from my year abroad, and she sees my hair. She's like, you can't. She, well, I I am I'm, I'm gonna say it in Spanish. Go ahead. Go ahead. Why is that shit on your head? Oh, uh,
1: no, no worries. Watch when we got one edit. Go ahead. Right.
6: Um, so, so so, it was very strange because we knew that we were dark, mm-hmm. um, but it was just not like we didn't, it wasn't something that we were like, oh, we're black, right? So right, right. I had a lot of issues even going away to school because there weren't a lot of black Latinos in these schools that I was going to. It was mostly yeah. the kids that were being recruited were African American,
1: mm-hmm,
7: strictly.
6: Mm-hmm. Or if you had Latinos, they were rich South Americans.
1: Oh yes, or from yes.
6: Florida, or mm-hmm. they were like Chicanos from Mexico, mm-hmm. or I mean from from Texas or California. Yeah. So I, it was like, where do I, where do I belong, right?
7: Mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm.
6: I always. Felt like I belonged in both, and people were like, "Well, what are you?" And mm-hmm. I, I would get the "What are you?" more from African Americans. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm black. I'm a black Latino. I'm an Afro-Latin from Manhattan. <laughs> 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 and,
7: and, and, and I would also let them know
6: that there were African people of African descent in the Caribbean
7: before
6: they got to mainland U.S.
7: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm that is correct yeah.
6: they made a pit stop somewhere they didn't just come to-
1: <laughs> I mean, ab- ab-
2: absolutely my yeah
6: slave traders from south carolina used to go to the caribbean to get the slaves and bring them back to charleston and and, and them off so we already had like we're black you know so yeah. um i always kept it really real with with both my latino friends who were what well, we would say in Spanish come mielda, which is I don't want to use the S word again, but yes. <laughs> perpetuating a fraud, right? Like they're <laughs> bigger or holier than that because you know they're lighter. Um mm-hmm. so it was always something that I that I would deal with in my way. Mm-hmm. I remember going to California, uh, you know, in Compton and, and, and areas like that with my buddies who lived out there and you know the brothers out there didn't thought all spanish people were mexicans or el salvadorians
7: right
6: and they, when i would hang out with them and say something in spanish because you know there was a woman who was latina or something and i would try to say something in spanish Shorty! I, I was crazy they're like who are you and so um it's always been that balancing act but i'm very yeah, i've always felt, felt very comfortable
1: in both spaces Gotcha. Oh, good one. Good one. And Pedro, hearing that, but uh, earlier you mentioned something in terms of the disdain that uh, some Dominicans have uh, for their Haitian brethren right across the border there, man. Uh, uh, do tell, man, did you, Mm -hmm. did you experience some of that firsthand in terms of, uh, internally within your family dynamic?
3: So as, um, as Melody mentioned earlier, uh, my family is also, you know, a very wide spectrum. I'm going to say, like, myself and my grandmother are the, the lightest people
4: mm-hmm. in our family,
3: um, and my grandfather is straight-up black, right? <laughs> um, and, you know, when, speak, when, when speaking overall, and I think it boils down to... When, when, when speaking to colorism, um, mm-hmm. what you're really speaking to is the eurocentric view of mm. power and societal hierarchy right
7: mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm.
3: with colorism you have everybody trying to have um a higher status due to closeness to whiteness right yes that's yes that's what they equated to so uh mm-hmm. being pheno, having a, a thin nose right we're talking about that so when you speak about and look at other people who have been maligned um in every aspect of the word mm-hmm. um as being lesser than almost lesser than human that's the real issue so that's 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 the whole issue when it comes to colorism closeness to whiteness um, denial of blackness right mm-hmm. everybody doesn't want to be at the bottom of the barrel mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and th- that's that's a, that's a, that's a real reason that many dominicans for any any anybody from any Afro-Latino um, or even Latin American country um, will tell you, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm this, I'm not that, right? I've seen Hondurans that are like super Black, and they'll still say, I'm not Black, right? So it's just that. It's, we don't want to be them. And so because of the portrayal of um, Blacks in the media and, and the fact that they've been maligned for so long and just been put at the bottom of the barrel for so long. Nobody mm-hmm. wants to be that, right? right. Mm-hmm. And therefore, that's why they want to bring themselves up by having proximity to whiteness. And therefore, mm. that's that's really the real issue. They just want to have that proximity um, to the whiteness and and to get away from their blackness. And and like Julio said, I mean, my mom's nickname is Morena, right? <laughs> like in my family, that's her mm-hmm. nickname. And I think I showed you a picture of her. Uh-huh. Tall, beautiful, um, but, you know, that's, that's the situation. Um, nobody wants to be considered uh, to be part of the community that's at the bottom of the barrel. And due to um, colonization, socioeconomic uh, situation, that is what has happened throughout uh, the world entirely. And it's, it's not only when it comes to closeness to only blackness, um, in different cultures, like uh, you know, in Indian culture as well as Asiatic cultures, they have that same they have that same uh, standard, and that's mm-hmm. because of you know if you if you work out in the fields, then mm-hmm. you know you're gonna you're gonna get blacker, right? Mm-hmm. You're working on the field.
7: and so if you're lighter,
3: that means that you're of higher uh, socioeconomic status. So that's the real situation, and unfortunately, with um, with our haitian brothers right across the border
7: mm-hmm. uh
3: dominican education in the dominican republic has been one that has been indoctrinating uh to bring us closer to white uh to whiteness and mm-hmm. so we've had a dictator installed by the united states of america mm-hmm. by the name of rafael trujillo right mm-hmm. um, and so he pretty much did ethnic cleansing back in the 50s yeah. right wow yeah. and so of course, if they're knocking door to door asking you to say perejil, which is, uh, I'm going to say parsley, right? Mm. Um, you don't want to say it wrong because then, you know, you'll get killed, right? Wow. Wow. And so that's essentially what has happened throughout time. So when people like Diane and Melody um, put together works to showcase us in a different light, because if you look at Hollywood, you know, who do we usually play, right? Mm. Who do black people usually play? Mm -hmm. Drug dealer, gangster, Mm
7: -hmm.
3: you know, whatever, right?
2: Yes, yes.
3: And the health, right? And so this not only um, affects us in in many different ways when we think about what being black means, but then when you look at uh, the comparison or when when Dominicans or people of lower socioeconomic status um, speak to their experiences of black African-Americans, Mm-hmm. Um, they only speak to the experiences that they have had,
7: and yes. so if
3: you live in the projects, right, you might only you might only interact with one type of uh, mm-hmm. black person, right?
7: Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so,
3: when I first came here, and I, I told you I moved to Harlem, nineteen ninety five, one of the first things my mom said was, you know. Be careful with those black guys, right? Watch out for the black
7: guys, right? <laughs>
3: and I'm like, my uncle is like super black, and and look at you, look at your father, right? I don't mean to run on, but um, this again goes to just the experience that people have, and then at the same time, for those who have not had the experience, is the exposure to the types of roles, um, and the types of portrayal that they see in all forms of media.
2: Gotcha, so, beautiful.
1: That's that. that. Thank you, Pedro. Uh, Melody, uh, before you go on and, and say something, I want to actually uh, think about something. You remember this uh, one drop rule in the States?
7: hmm
1: I understand that there was a rule in Puerto Rico that no matter what you had, if you had some European drop of blood, you could claim to be white. <laughs> Tell me about that.
5: Well, you could claim it, but you weren't, you weren't. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there was, there was, um, and I think this, again, is true of most of where, whatever island we're speaking to, but if we're talking about the Spanish speaking islands, everyone Mm. wanted to be Spanish,
7: Mm, Spanish, mm, right?
2: And uh
5: think about um, who we are as representatives of the world. Right, and and even for the group right here on this screen, um, as Afro Latinos, we are African, we are Spanish, mm. we're Moors, mm. Black Spanish, mm-hmm. right? Afro Spanish, Native American, and Asian. We represent all of this, and these are the islands. We're just talking about Puerto Rico, Cuba, and the Dominican Republic. We are all those states. Yes. Um, everyone has said it here. and Pedro said it, and and Julio has said it. Diane has said it that connection or sway to want to be more on that side, the lighter side, mm,
7: um, mm-hmm.
5: the other side, right? <laughs> um, in in many ways, we've all been conditioned to understand that white is right, mm,
7: mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. better,
5: more better, right? Yes, and so you know, again, we. Yeah, we can claim that to be a thing, but Mm. reality is that it's not. You're you're Puerto Rican. You're not white. You
7: have Mm. white Puerto
5: Ricans as you have white Cubans. Mm -hmm. And even within our own experiences, we see and we feel the racism. Mm
7: -hmm.
5: You feel the device. You feel the classism. I mean, we talked about colorism and we've not talked about classism.
2: Yeah.
5: Right. And even this move, I've I've heard it now a few times, um, you know, when we talk about race, you're talking about race is how you're born into the world. Yes. You don't have a choice. Hmm. And race is also a construct. Yes. So, you know, if that was invented, how do we disinvent it? If that was, you know, this, this, this myth of white being better than black, you know, how, however, that, that, how, you know, that, that was years of indoctrination.
7: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
5: So it's going to be years of undoing and all of that. Right. Yes. Um, I I would say for this new generation and I, I, we're all saying the same thing, we need to understand the historical legacy of who we are, mm-hmm. where are we came from, the richness Admire it, embrace it, celebrate it. Mm. All we learn in this country is when the slaves came,
7: <laughs>
5: right? We don't hear that enslaved Africans were brought against their will.
7: Mm.
5: Mm. There was a history before those ships hit these shores. So what do our kids know? You don't want to what do we grow up knowing? We don't want to yeah. be I don't wanna be slaves. I don't want to be <laughs> and we also don't understand that it's through slavery that this country is built
2: yes yes
5: because Mm -hmm. even understood that we understand we toiled the land
7: Mm -hmm.
0: melody i want to unpack a few things that you just said you 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 hit some gems right there um first of all you talked about constructs and i want to ask you about the construct of latinos and Afro Latinos, because it seems like it's almost like a catch all category that I don't know that people actually identify. Do people identify as Latino, as African, Afro Latino, or do you re- identify as Afro Puerto Rican, Afro Dominican, Afro Mexican? Mm. Uh, so, uh, you know, is this something that, you know, our sociologists in, in, in colleges made up, but is, is there a real identity as Latinos or as Afro-Latinos?
5: I would open this co- question up to the full group, but okay. I, will, I will say that one of the magical things that happens when people come into our space is that people will say, I feel at home.
7: Mm-hmm.
5: I found my identity. I found a place that looks like me it reflects me because from the very moment you walk in our doors, that's what you see. There's no question. We black. (laughs) How you show up in that blackness, it's personal. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you that a teacher or a professor or in any one place, they're going to tell you that you're Afro Latino or you're not. Well, you may, I mean, I guess, depending on the instructor, but no one can really say that for you. You have to do that for yourself. So as I said, I grew up always hearing it at home, the music, the food, the conversations. Um, And there's a point that the two two brothers here made, which was, and Diane too, um, that we black, but we not that kind of black. (laughs) Because the Caribbean people, and I saw it with Jamaicans I went to school with, this level of uppity. (laughs) We ain't ghetto. Uh, Yes, We ain't that kind of black in the street, to Pedro's point about his mom saying, be careful with the black folk (laughs) or those guys, because we do it to ourselves.
2: Yes. We create
5: that ourselves. And so in that identity of, you know, whether or not I'm Latina, I mean, Latina even wasn't a term I used coming up. I mean, I was Puerto Rican. Yes. I was real straight, you know. I was Puerto Rican as I came into kind of more consciousness and studying and, and and of course, different levels of conversations with my mom, with Dr. Vega, my aunt. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there was a different understanding of the, the Puerto Rican I was. I saw the blackness in everything we were doing. Then I got to college and everything, a whole nother thing, right? And I think that <laughs> many of us. You know, in Julio's, in Julio's experience of having been and I know quite a few people who've been in those settings where they're in private schools or boarding schools and very white institutions where you may not see yourself, again, as that black person, right? Mm-hmm. And the N-word being used to Julio. My husband was black Cuban. You met my husband. Yes. Uh, yeah. Black Cuban man. And he says, I never understood that N-word for me. That mm. never never met me.
7: <laughs> right?
5: It Meant the yeah. other black. People. So even to that, I mean being together 40 years, you know, there was a lot of undoing just from the work that I was doing. That was like, uh uh-huh, Papa, you can't show up with that here. Mm-hmm.
2: Yes. And yes.
5: You're not gonna show up like that, you know, with our children. So there was a lot. That's why today Anna's point about how it starts at home. Yeah. Not start at home. Because if we start talking about the um the queens and kings that we come from, right? The richness that we come from in our ancestry and our lineages. And we stop talking from slavery forward and just kind of go back and look at all that brought, the yes. cultural and creative contributions we've made to this country and the fact that this freaking country is built on the backs of black and indigenous people. Yes. If, yes. It, if the spin were that then I don't think there'd be that denial of being black because then there's a sense of pride and there's a, an understanding that the contributions and who we are were so much greater than what we're learning in a black history month or in a, in, in a history class in school that gives you, you know, this frighty kind of understanding about what African people are and brought.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
0: I, I've also got a question. Does the uh, term Afro-Latino also include Brazil? or is it only Spanish-speaking countries? I think Brazil
1: is is included, yeah. Yeah, Brazil's in there, yeah, for sure. And uh, and Diane, hearing what uh, Melody said, also in terms of your children, your two, uh, how do they self-identify, would you say?
4: (laughs) <laughs> my so so my my kids are um my, my kids are a, re- a really interesting example i just but, but before i get to that i want to uh-huh. say one thing off of what um melody was talking about when she was talking about um you know constructs right mm-hmm. i think one of the things we have to remember and you know all of the current conversation about how we label ourselves whether it's afro or black or latin a I, I think all of that is all of those conversations and those tensions are happening within the context of us trying to claim and name our own identity rather than having it created by someone else and imposed upon us. Right? Mm-hmm. Yes, we have to remember yes. that all of these conversations, um, you know, they come out of race being identified mm-hmm. as a social, political, and economic tool by the mm-hmm. white man to control. Mm-hmm. Right to control and oppress those who they mm-hmm. wanted to serve, right? And they've d- defined Correct. over over time. You go look back in history. They've defined who gets to be white, mm-hmm. right? So I think there's a yes. lot of yes. um, there is a lot of our attempt on our on our part, and which I think you know I applaud as much as it's it's mm-hmm. difficult and tense at times to mm-hmm. claim our own, right? And to name mm-hmm. ourselves. So I think that's that's really important. And that segues right into my kids, right? If you mm-hmm. look at my two kids, my oldest is a brown boy. No, Mm -hmm. like, there's no question. My Mm -hmm. daughter um, could be white passing. Uh Uh, Interestingly enough, and this goes to the nature nurture piece, right? Because they both Mm -hmm. got raised in the same household with the same Mm -hmm. single mother, with the same pelo malo. um, And and yet my son feels like he has benefited enough from white privilege that he Mm. struggles with identifying himself as Mm. a young black man. Right. Wow. As a, as a, nice. as a, he has been subjected to police brutality. Like, mm-hmm. I, you know, I watched him get assaulted by a police officer. He's been, wow. you know, his, it, all this. Shoot. He's had multiple incidents. Right. Mm-hmm, uh, but he mm-hmm. still feels like, I, but I get to benefit. Right. And so mm-hmm. he feels like, how do I, how do I navigate this? Whereas my daughter, my potentially white-passing daughter, is like, I'm afro Lat, I'm afro you know what I mean? And I'm, you know, it, it, she's, got her, she's got the good hair, she's got the fair skin. And she's like, she's like, mom, I, you know, you're my mother. She's like, that's who I am. Um, wow. And so it's been really interesting for me to be part of their journey and and to sort of, you know, walk the line between wanting to be like, no, you are this, right? And letting them mm-hmm. kind of self-explore and self-define because I think that's that's a really important part of their journey. Um, mm-hmm. I will say this though, to the sort of colorism conversation, they both mm-hmm. unequivocally embrace their Puerto Ricanness.
5: Mm-hmm. Right. The thing nice. that's in question <laughs>
4: is the blackness of that. Uh-huh. Um, gotcha. And you know, nice. and I struggle with that as their mom, right? Because I I mm-hmm. want them to, you know, to embrace and assert a certain identity. Um, mm-hmm. But I also mm-hmm. know that they have to sort of you know, come to it and really own it and claim it on their own. Um, and mm-hmm. all I can do is, is to try to infuse um, exposure, yeah. education, and those kinds of things so that they, they feel com- more comfortable in that. Um, mm-hmm. But I, you know, I, I think for me, the, the, the point that I really think we all have to hold on to is like all of these things, all of these definitions have been imposed on us. And, mm-hmm. and we need mm-hmm. to sort of engage in the process of, of claiming and naming our own identity.
2: Beautiful, beautiful.
1: Julio, two kids, do tell. Malcolm, who I know <laughs> that you've you been, you, you been uh, definitely like in his face about who he is, what he's doing. Tell us. Yeah, tell I have,
6: yeah, I have two, a 27 and a 12. Both have been fully immersed in Latino and Black culture from day one. <laughs> like, it's just, it, it's part of what it is. Um, my son, however, the youngest one, because mom is is not Latina, she's African-American. Mm-hmm. Um, his Spanish, you know, that there was some dynamics there, but he loves the culture. He embraces it. We're working on speaking Spanish. But one of the things that I, I, I just tell them is like, don't let people put you in a box. Because mm. I, I never, never let anybody put me in a box and mm-hmm. so i you know i'm like don't isolate yourself we did have um what melody was talking about we, we so when i at school we did feel like a little bit more uppity sort mm-hmm. of speak, because you <laughs> we were like latino we weren't them right <laughs> and so but but when you get in that environment mm. you are them you are yeah. them Yes. Yep. Right. So, so that realization is something that I think that I I had that, and I made sure my kids knew who they are from the get go, and that comes from literature, from music that they listen to, really giving them a, a wide spectrum of, of the culture, and and also letting them know. I've I've always been a big believer that the black blacker the berry. <laughs> so because I I one of the things I I will say about growing up Dominican, even though we were poor growing up in an abandoned building mm. you know, horrible situations, mm. I never had a hang up about black. Like I never mm. felt like, oh, I'm less than because I'm black. And and there's there was this part of growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, there was this, like, proudness of just, you know, you're not just your color.
7: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and,
6: mm-hmm. and so I, I never put myself in that color box. Right. i like, whoa, it's me. I've been enslaved my whole life. You know, even though the Blacks, people of African descent in Latin America, they were, they were not picking cotton, but they were doing some really hard labor. You know, yes, course, yes. The sugar cane fields, the tobacco fields with those snakes up in there. Shit. You, you know,
7: you, you know what it
6: is in the, you know, in very tough conditions. So, I, my my kids I think have a good balance. The one thing that is that I wish they spoke more Spanish.
7: Mm. Mm-hmm, right. Because mm-hmm
6: that there is a universality right i've been to costa rica to limon and seen the black people there or in, or in salvador bahia or, mm-hmm. or, or honduras or mm-hmm. Belize, or, mm-hmm. you know and and i really to Melody's point i believe that you know we should really embrace that right like i think and more african-american folks should be learning more spanish absolutely uh
1: yes yes you got it you got it uh, uh night watchman or Ponce, would you like to uh, ask some questions, Mr. Ponce? Well,
0: I, I just, um, my heritage is interesting because I'm all Afro-Caribbean. Um, all my grandparents were from the Caribbean. My mm. grandfather, uh, Henry Feliciano Ponce, um mm. From what I understand, it's a Portuguese derivation, which still makes me Afro Latino. But I never had any contact with that part of my family. I never met my grand grandfather or know any relatives from his line other than, you know, you know, my, my dad and my aunt, you know. So um so I don't have a cultural context for being Afro Caribbean. I do speak Un poquito español. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you
7: know, yeah.
2: Learned in
0: my Ivy League school education.
2: <laughs> so, you know,
0: again, it doesn't come with the context. It comes with you know, and and I and you know, I I took a term in Spain where I you know uh, had thrown immersed into speaking it so I, I I identify um intellectually with it, but I just don't have a cultural context other than I love the music, love the food, <laughs> 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 you know nice. love, love the cultures. Um, so um, but the questions are interesting because uh there there are parallels to all of it in um non-spanish speaking Caribbean culture. We, we, the, the colorism is still the same, the, the you know, the we're not that ism is still the same. And then there's just still the, the, the question of identity, um, whether it be our African identity, whether it be um, Native American identity, and those portions of our identity that come from our European backgrounds. You know, we have to embrace all parts of those things and and sort them out on an individual basis to really kind of define who we are. So I think uh, Julio brought up some great points, um, and the number one is don't let people put you in a box.
1: Yes, yes, absolutely. And and I guess one of the things I'll I'll even ask, uh, certainly we do know, let's say, in African-American culture – Uh, When we talk about, let's say, sexual stuff, right, Uh, there's definitely, coming from the church, very conservative, no doubt about it, for sure. Would you say, let's say, in uh, Latino culture, would you also say very conservative, too, in terms of the the sexual spectrum? Anybody, weigh
3: in. I would Uh, would say that. Go ahead, Julio. I... um,
6: I, you know what, let me pass on that one. <laughs> right,
7: sorry, I got you, okay. uh, so, Pedro, go ahead yeah, buddy. I, I, w-
3: I would say that um, going back to it again, because of colonization, right,
7: mm-hmm.
3: One of the one of the biggest tools used in colonization has been religion, right? Yes. And so yes. you know, we have been stripped of our any other um, any other spiritual following that we might have had before. Mm-hmm. And have also then been indoctrinated into, I'm going to say, Catholicism and then mm-hmm. Christianity. Okay. Yes. Or, okay. Know, I know they're not interchangeable, but those two, really. Um, yes. And that, that has been brought to our doorstep. And so, again, we do have that lineage of being part of that aspect of the culture. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. I grew up Roman Catholic.
7: Mm-hmm.
3: I was an altar boy. One of my one of my uncles he's a, he's a preacher mm-hmm. um, or a priest rather right And mm-hmm. so that type of conservatism is mm-hmm. there. Um, mm-hmm. Whenever I speak to anybody about like things like politics right, I always say you know the, the Republican Party does themselves a disservice by um, maligning the other because mm-hmm. they have so much if, if you look at core values, That's what you want to really think about. Mm -hmm. Um, If you look at core values, they are very much in line due to the fact that they are more conservative Mm -hmm. on that side. Um, So Mm -hmm. to answer your question, it's Mm -hmm. on the more conservative side. And um, it's been recently where, you know, things have been breaking out of their shell a little bit, but it's Mm -hmm. still largely conservative. Gotcha.
1: Perfect. Melody? Melody?
5: The question I'm not I'm not clear what the uh, question
1: is. In, in terms of uh, sexual fluidity, uh, and let's say Afro Latina, in terms of let's say also the inflection of religion or beliefs, uh, the, uh, do they uh, are they very conservative in that?
5: I don't know to, how to answer that question. Mm-hmm. First of okay. all, um, yes, as a young, a younger, much younger child. I went mm-hmm. to Catholic school, was raised in the Catholic Church. But I am initiated in the Orisha tradition. I'm a Yoruba priestess. Um, mm-hmm. Santera. Um, Practitioner Santera. Mm-hmm. And what what I see and I think I've seen in all churches or, mm. or religious practices is the sexism that exists.
2: Mm. I mean, okay. You know,
5: okay. How, you know, the patriarchal way that we've all come to live our lives right that, that the way that men before i was having a conversation yesterday at an event where um talking about menopause mm. and at one point the woman said i wonder who named it that right men <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that you know we we're talking about the ways that um if we're talking sexuality or the mm-hmm. form of sexism in this country and in the church so mm-hmm. For me, for me, um, seems very much controlled and male do- as a male dominated practice and the woman kind of always being sub subhuman to all that and subservient yes. to it and being the ones that have to respond and, and and do. I'm not sure that that's your question, but um
1: that that that's pretty close. Ab- absolutely. Okay. That that
0: that's that how do that. you how do you feel about the term Latinx?
5: Uh, Me or uh, you're putting uh, it up.
2: Anybody, uh, anybody. I,
5: I, I, I remember it's uh, fair. Oh, it.
1: It's good. It's fair. Okay. I
5: yeah. know we. I first started hearing it, and I want to say that it was a term that I was hearing more young people using.
7: Yes,
5: mm-hmm. I yes. Didn't, I didn't get it right. I'm mm-hmm. you're either Latino. Latina. I mean, I was. I was. I, I don't even say you know Afro Latino because I'm Latina, right?
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, yes.
5: Um, they yeah. have masculine and, and feminine. However, now I'm hearing the term "latine" with an "e" at the end. Within uh-huh. um, all um, that we are trying to do to embrace gender,
7: yes, mm-hmm.
5: gender fluidity, gender yes, fluidity, folks identify <laughs> in gender, I'm 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 actually kind of getting better with it
7: because uh-huh.
5: in Spanish, even in the Spanish language. I'm hearing things like instead of, you know, um, you would say, good evening, everyone, right? But we say, you know, a todos, you know, bienvenidos todos, and todos mm-hmm. has that kind of masculine mm-hmm. tone or connotation. So now I'm hearing todos.
7: Ah. Mm-hmm.
5: So wow. I'm, I'm still trying to figure out if I'm... Yeah. a while to get into that. i speaking
7: yeah.
5: uh- <laughs> another language, but, but the fact of the matter is, um and I probably am the oldest one in, in this group. It's that it's really being able to come to the place that says, Well, yeah, this isn't about being politically correct. That could go out the window.
7: Mm-hmm. But
5: it's about how do we then become more inclusive?
2: Yes. Yes.
5: At a time where, particularly, particularly the challenging years we've had from COVID forward, where you know, for me, we faced at least two pandemics. One was COVID and the other one was Black Lives Matter.
7: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm.
5: So hmm are in so we're in a time where um, we've all had to take that pause on lockdown to to, to recognize there's things bigger than us, mm-hmm. right? And being more inclusive in a time where everyone is talking about being diverse, more diverse and equitable and inclusive and accessible, it's a <laughs> racist work. It's yes. this. but if we talk about being inclusive or being belonging and understanding that folks do identify as we just said, do you identify as Afro-Latino or Latinx or who gives you that label? Folks are now self-identifying, right? He, she, they, them and if we're going to be conscious about that, then being able to accept these terms. So Latinx is cool. I prefer Latinx. I, prefer I am. But uh-huh. hearing change it. Um, significant changes they're simple yet significant as Latine are things that i'm just still getting used to but i'm beginning to find myself using it more and more just to make sure that i'm inclusive of all people
0: I like Beautiful. the Latin A. That 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 uh, feels better. It, yeah. Latin X <laughs> just feel, felt awkward. Yeah, whereas, and uh, you know, and and, and forgive I kn- I mean I know Curtis loves the X because it's the Bronx.
7: I believe too. That yes. Latinx. Yes. Yeah. 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 So so we we've, uh,
1: we've
0: actually got this has been a great conversation. Yes. Uh, I think we've come to a point where we have to wrap it up. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, I'd like to know how, uh, how can, uh, you know, A, we uh, can get in touch with these folks, continue this uh, conversation. I certainly have to have, uh, you know, uh, Melody uh, speak about the uh, Caribbean Cultural Center. So, uh, you know what? We'll start it out. Uh, Pedro, how does one get in touch with you and find out about uh, g- g- getting counseled on HUD certified uh, uh, counseling? Do tell.
3: Sure. Um, you can send me an email at my first name, dot last name at uh, esd.ny.org, or just ask Curtis, because he's my neighbor. Um, (laughs) um, So I work with uh, Harlem Community Development Corporation, and Mm -hmm. um, I am a HUD-certified housing and financial counselor. uh, And, you know, my role is to empower and help everyone uh, move ahead in life and create uh, generational wealth by Mm -hmm. purchasing uh, their homes and hopefully something that's intergenerational. Uh um, so that's that's how you can get in touch with me thank you thank you
1: uh diane how does one get in touch with you because now you you have a new role you are consulting and making folks better
4: I am. I um, so I'm about to launch a program um, to support Black and Indigenous leaders of color. Um, you know, we've we've talked a lot about uh, sort of the, the the pandemic, and there's a there's a movement that is happening for better or for worse. Um, ho- hopefully, mo- more for better than not. Of you know. Uh, elevating our, folks from our community into leadership positions, but there isn't a lot of support. There isn't a lot of structure, you know, infrastructure to help make them successful. So we're launching. I'm launching a program in December um, with the first cohort. Uh, we just opened up the nomination process for that. I can be reached at for folks who are interested on um, you know social media, Diane D i a n n e the number four N Y C, um, and then we also have an email account bipoc leadership at gmail.com, BIPOC, B-I-P-O-C, leadership at gmail.com. Um, mm-hmm. I'm excited to be doing this work and to, you know, be leveraging my my experience, skills, and background to support other leaders.
1: Beautiful. Excellent. Uh, Julio, uh, you, I- at the Schubert, go ahead, buddy.
2: Yeah, ahead.
6: I'm in the theater space uh, working in, in, on Broadway, but I'm involved with a lot of not-for-profits, and, you know, I was serving on the board of the... Uh, Malcolm X Center with Curtis, the Shabbat Center.
7: So mm-hmm.
2: really people should
6: support that organization and go to the Shabbat Center website. In addition to um, being involved with some uh, Latino <clears throat> programs like Repertorio Español, so folks should definitely check out their programming. And it's just um, such a pleasure being on this program. Thank you.
1: Excellent, excellent, and of course, take us out, Melody.
5: Well, you can visit us at Caribbean Cultural Center African Diaspora Institute. We're at 120 East, 125th Street, between Lexington and Park Avenues. We're in a renovated firehouse um, on 125th Street. And our website is CCC, that's three C's, followed by the letters A for African, D for diaspora, I for institute.org.
1: Excellent, excellent. Night Watchman, take us home.
0: Well, you've been listening to Soul Lounge Primetime on WHCR 90.3 FM, The Voice of Harlem, always uh, on Monday nights at 7 o'clock on the radio. At 8 o'clock, we live stream on YouTube and Facebook, and you can find us on all your favorite uh, podcast platforms, including Spotify, iTunes, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Ask Siri, Ask Alexa, ask anybody. You can find us on Monday nights. Thank you for joining us, and come back next week thank
7: you have a wonderful evening thank you all right all right you guys